A lifetime of hard work, children laughing in the kitchen, family photos on a restaurant wall, a legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation, like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. This is a 680 The Fan podcast. To hear more live and local sports content like this, tune into 680 AM or 93.7 FM or download the Fan app. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Na, 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 it's Chuck and Chernoff. Na, 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 it's Chuck and Chernoff. It's 3 o'clock on the dot, you know what that means. It's time for Matt, Lana, and the King, yeah! Atlanta is a traffic jam, but we've got Chuck and Chernoff on the plane, yeah! All right, hey man, here we go in our three o'clock hour with Chuck and Chernoff, who are on the radio. I'm Matt, that's Chuck, you all are the listeners. Happy Valentine's Day. The three o'clock hour of the show presented by This Stuff Matters, helping you make the most out of what matters most. Like and subscribe to This Stuff Matters, the podcast at thisstuffmatters.net. Uh, let's start the three by saying hello to Charles. Hey Matt. Hey Chuck. You know what I did for the first time ever this week? Tell me. Role play. How was that? I'm Flipper. And? She was a roller skating fairy. Interesting. Sometimes it's fun to be dirty. I don't disagree with you, Chuck. Thank you for sharing and showing your vulnerability by sharing such an intimate detail on Valentine's Day. Um, it happened, and it happened today. Braves P and C's showed up. Pitchers and catchers day down in Northport. Chuck, are you sitting down? We'll be all day. Long I, history of it. I saw videos of guys walking in to the facility. I saw Spencer Strider walking. Then I saw Jared Kelnick. I saw Max Freed. Then I saw baseball things, like stuff on a field with a ball. It was music to my ears, a sight to behold, which means it's all back for real. Now, there were several position players already in camp. Austin Riley's there, Matt Olson, Michael Harris. I mentioned Jared Kelnick. As they prepare for next Saturday, the 24th, the first Grapefruit League game, against Tampa in Port Charlotte at 1 o'clock. You'll hear that on the fan. You'll get it on the fan mobile app. Remember, weekend games here on 680 and 93.7, weekday games all on the fan app and on ESPN 103.7. And Nick and Chris live from Northport all next week with windows-to-walls coverage 
on Brave Spring Training and on our social media channels. We're team won 100 games, and that is the expectation, and there's so many signs pointing north. There are still a lot of very substantive questions, things to figure out. I want to see Chris Sale. I want to see how he pitches, how he feels more how than anything. How he feels, yes. Uh, Michael Harris yes. and where he hits in the lineup. Yes. I mean, there's just all kinds of things to decide down in spring training. they got six weeks to do it, so good for us. I love spring training. Now, I, Orlando was hit or miss because traffic was a bear, and the facilities weren't great. But watching a game at Wild, uh, Wide World was fun because it was a miniature Major League Stadium and you pay Disney prices. But I just loved how laid back it always was. Guys are in like good moods. They get their work and they leave. It's always one of my favorite times. Now in, in uh, Northport, a little different, not as much traffic. It's a really nice stadium, cool today. Mm-hmm. But it's a typical spring training, small Florida town. And I know Nick and Chris will paint some uh, pictures and give you all the fun next week from spring training. Now... Trying to predict a 26-man roster on Valentine's Day is not easy, but with this team, it's a lot easier than others. I think there might be two or three spots total if there are no injuries, and there will be injuries. But if there are no injuries, this is as obvious as I can make it. The starting nine, you all know that's set. Your bench, which is not exactly uh, deep, is Travis Darno, Luis Guillorme, maybe David Fletcher, and then an outfielder which might be in camp now in Eli White or the great Jordan Luplo, or they go out and get somebody else. Then you go to the rotation, and here's where the fifth spot in the rotation becomes interesting. If Ronaldo Lopez gets it, Bryce Elder starts in AAA. If Lopez, they don't like what they see, he goes to the bullpen, mm-hmm. Bryce slots into the five, and your bullpen is an animal pen. If Bryce wins the starting job in the five, you go Rosella Iglesias, A.J. Minter, Ronaldo Lopez, Pierce Johnson, Joe Jimenez, Aaron Bummer, and then it comes down to, is Tyler Matzik healthy and ready? Will Dylan Lee crack the spot? The great Daysball Hernandez? We'll see if uh, Ken Giles can do enough to try to win a spot, or even the great Ray Kerr, the lefty they picked up. I have two, three, and that might be being kind, three spots open on this 26-man unless something weird happens. And it really is the configuration of the bullpen that's going to decide a lot of it. Um and I think Lopez, who a $10 million a year starter sounds pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's not where the maximum return is for him. He's a big guy. He throw out on the mound. He throws gas at the end of the game or towards so, the end of the game. I would say this. If he pitches well as a starter, you get great bang for your buck. I mean, you really do. It's tremendous for yeah, $10 million. Yeah. Now, they're paying a lot for their bullpen. They're paying Pierce Johnson $7 million a year. I think Jimenez got $8 million a year. In this case, if Lopez is down there, it's ten. Rysel's sixteen. They put money into that pen because they want swing and miss guys that when they get to the playoffs, they're not going to watch Nick Castellanos hit a ball 800 feet. That's the hope. So, again, we got a lot more from uh, Brave Spring Training to get to coming up. All right, Chuck, you ready? We've got rumors. We've got Falcon rumors. Give them. On the fan? Do we have an open? Do we have something? Matt heard, a, Matt heard a rumor. I thought this was pretty clear when I was leading right. into with the rumors. Yeah, I thought sorry, was, Matt heard a rumor. I didn't hear a rumor. Uh, uh, Lance Zerline, one of the uh, draft guys, released his latest mock draft, and he has the Falcons trading up from 8 to 5 and taking Drake May. Now, Drake May would fall to 5 in Lance Zerline's mock draft because Jaden Daniels would go number 2 to Dan Quinn in Washington. New England would take Marvin Harrison. Arizona would take Roma Dunze. Which means at five, the Chargers would be picking up the phone, listening to offers. Falcons would trade up from eight to five to take Drake May. I don't know how realistic something like that would be, 
But I know the Falcons, if Drake was to slip past number three, number four, yes, they would be like a lot of other teams on the phone trying to make something happen. Then this rumor came from Tony Pauline that the Falcons, along with the Cowboys and Raiders, are teams to watch, in quotes, for Legereus Sneed. If the Chiefs aren't able to re-sign him, the Chiefs could tag Sneed with a $19 million franchise deal if something can't be worked out. I have my doubts on this one, too. Are you really going to pay premium for two corners? Like, the Falcons are going to have to make their decision and then pay oh, yeah. A.J. Terrell. Yep. Are you going to pay two corners that kind of coin? I mean, it's not impossible, but it's also not the most likely. So we'll see how those you, two things happen. Do you have much of a choice with A.J.? Um, The new staff probably looks at it a little different than the old one, but Raheem knows him. Yeah. So it's not like Raheem doesn't have some history with A.J. My guess is you don't. You don't move on from talented players, right? You have a handful of guys that you really like. AJ's one of them. You pay him. I, and I think this is not even like Dez when they paid Dez. It really ain't like when they play, paid uh, Alfred Island. Um, AJ has the upside there. He's not Darrell Rivas or whoever you want to look at. He's, um, he's really good. He's not great. Yeah, and he's aggressive as hell, and I love it. And he gets involved in tackling on a real level, and so there's a lot to like about him. And He's an answer at corner. So. The one thing I wish he did is he doesn't take the ball away. Just rarely does he take the ball away. So That's the, the differentiator between that next level guy. Yeah, yep. Like I say, he's a good player. Yep. And you don't just want to let your good players walk. There's your rumors. Matt heard a rumor. Okay. I, I didn't hear the rumors. I'm reporting said rumors. Uh, so Jimmy Lake and Zach Robinson met the media today, the Falcons' new coordinators. And uh, Jimmy Lake said the lakefront will be a 3-4 defense in a base. Oh. <gasps> How about that? But there'll be multiple. Well, that wouldn't be multiple. Yeah, yeah. But he also went on to say, when describing his defense, he wants to play fast, play free, and play physical. All right, two of those I would have given you. <laughs> fast and physical is every single... And By the way, they didn't play fast and physical before? Well, maybe not fast, free, and physical. Okay, right. so that's the third. I, whatever, it's talk. I don't remember what Ryan Nielsen wanted. I'm sure he wanted some physical, some fast, and some free. I assume that's what most DCs would Dan say. Dan Quinn wanted it. Be where your feet are. That's, that's sound advice. Run like hell. Mike Smith wanted it. If you're not where your feet are, where are you going to be? All right, so they're going to be fast and physical. Bye. All right. The Zach attack on offense. Zach Robinson, the new OC, said they're looking at every option at quarterback, including in their own quarterback room. <gasps> Those aren't options. If the Zach attack says it, I believe him. Tanner Heineke's not an option until they pick up the second-year option, and they're not going to. Dez is under contract for real, 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 real cheap. But I think you say that so people don't realize you're kicking him out because you want to trade him to get something. Yeah, we want a sixth-round pick instead of a seventh-round pick. So we'll see how that plays out. Now, Zach Robinson did do a lot of bragging on Matt uh, Matt Stafford in his time in L.A. He said he's the smartest quarterback. He's been around. He played with him in Detroit, coached him in L.A., so I don't know if that has anything to do with the style of quarterback they want. It's one thing I keep saying about Justin Fields. If you're going to run the Sean McVay system, they have not looked at a quarterback who plays that style anyway. Um, and again, maybe Zach Robinson wants to to deviate from that. But if he's going to run the typical 11 personnel, three receivers, drop back, I don't know. It's a little old school uh, skill set for the quarterback. It's more stand there and mm-hmm. rocket it. It's process, yeah. right? It's seeing what you're, uh, what's in front of you and making the good decision. Kirk Cousins can do that. I've heard he can do that. Yes, indeed. Um, all right, so uh, Herm Edwards was on with Dick and Chris yesterday, the former uh, Jets coach, 
Kansas City Chiefs. Eagle defensive back. He was also a head coach at Arizona State where he coached Jaden Daniels. And he has a relationship with Raheem Morris. He gave Raheem his first opportunity to set foot in an NFL locker room and find his way to being a head coach. He talked about what Raheem is going to bring to the Falcons. He's a sponge. He's a constant learner. And I think his travels, where he's been, he's learned a lot. Not only defensively, he's, he's a quick learner. He, he understands that. But, you know, he, he coached on the offensive side of it, too. He's been around enough systems. He can evaluate players very well. He knows what he wants. I think the first time he got the job in Tampa, and everybody said he'll say it, too. He wasn't ready. He was too young. I believe that. I mean, Raheem was not even supposed to be the head coach at that point. No, it's not easy to do, man. Gruden gets into it with the Glazers. Gruden was about to promote uh, Raheem to D.C. They fire Gruden. They're like, all right, we need somebody, Raheem, go do it. And he, with 32 years old, was like, okay. And I bet it was moving very fast. So, uh, to his credit, he did have a 10-6 and six season with Josh Freeman. The, the other two years were forgettable, but now he's 15 years removed from that. So, hopefully, the second time around is a very different look. Uh, the Hawks are in Charlotte tonight to face the 12-41 and 41 Hornets at 7 o'clock, and won't that be fun? Or maybe not. <laughs> That's all I can tell you. Georgia Tech's in South Bend tonight at 7 against Notre Dame. You'll hear that on the fan. To not be last place. Is that? I, th- I thought it was 13 or 14 out of the 15, but I think who loses is in last. All right, let's look this up. Don't, st- don't think. You need to have sources on this. You need to go check the standings. I'm sourcing it now. I have confirmed. I've... Um, all anonymous so uh whoever loses will be tied for 14th and yeah. 15th with louisville yeah. if tech wins they will solidify a, a full game lead for 13th place fun times on the flats for georgia tech anyway you'll get that game on the fan tonight at seven pre-game with the rambler rack tip-off show at 6 30 it's time to wing it Presented by WNB Factory. Serving up Atlanta's best wings and burgers with over 60 locations. Find yours at WNBFactory.com. All right, we'll take your winging it idea answers today at the Harrah's Cherokee Casino's Twitter feed. Since it is Valentine's Day, we want to know your first sports love. It could be a player, a team, a game. Your first love. Chuck, think back when you had emotion. 1977 Atlanta Braves. You love them. You actually did you as a kid? Did you show emotion with sports? It was running down to the driveway every morning to get the paper ahead of my dad, so I could have the sports first. Okay, I just wanted the box score. Right, and that team lost a hundred and one games. Um, so my earliest memory was the nineteen eighty two Braves. Right, I don't have a ton of memories, but enough of it. And if you grew up in the city, it, it, you were just destined to be in love with Dale Murphy yep. as a kid. Yep. I would practice that batting stance, that weird sway of the bat. He would take a couple of practice swings and then down two wags towards his ankle, and then he's up with the back elbow high, and then he would swing at the curveball in the left-handed batter's box. My next one, though, was was Dominique. I mean, it really – I loved that Hawks bunch, mid-'80s, late-'80s, that just couldn't get over the hump. But there was something about the Neek style of dunking and that run-and-gun offense that the Hawks played. It was the short list at that time. He, Dale Murphy – Necro, there were like four guys that you could say, by golly, we can hang with anybody in pro sports with these few guys. Can I give you a 1A to Dominique you're going to laugh at? It was, it was Spud Webb. I love me some Spud. I was nine years old when he got here. You should have. Love Spud. Just a fun guy to watch. He was a champion. He was a slam dunk champion. DT. And he had the little uh, Chips Ahoy's. Well, that made sense. Yeah, the Chips Ahoy minis, yeah. yeah. DT, what's your guy? Your first uh, sports love? That would be Deion Sanders. Easy to love. Yeah. Dropped his first punt here. Turn it for a and then took it to the house. Brian Gephardt, did you ever love? Yeah. Jeff Bagwell, stance, five-tool player, the whole bit. Yep. Did Tried, tried it out for a year or two. Didn't work as well for me. Now, did it bother you that he cheated? Yeah. 
I mean, allegedly. My whole childhood was a joke with that for I baseball. You. you know. Uh, Colin Madden, your first uh, sports love? All right, you want to hear the sad reality of a South Carolina Gamecock fan? Not really. I just want the name. 2005 Independence Bowl against Missouri. That was your first love? That Jesus, was the first game I was my all God, in for. That's that. what sold you. Oh, my God. Yep. What a sad, sad existence. Yep. You didn't even have, uh, like, who was the guy, Steve Tannehill? Yeah. Was that the quarterback? Uh, of Ryan, yeah, Steve Tannehill back in the day. With yeah, the, the flowing uh, locks. Yep. He did. The car quest the ball. Yeah, yeah. All right, you guys will send your answers to your first sports love to the Harris Cherokee Casinos Twitter feed. Uh, coming up in 15 minutes, we need to find out if baseball is boycotting. I've set up a weekly interview with one of my good friends, Hadley Englehart. Well, Hadley's going to tell us, is baseball boy? It was good timing, too, Colin. Is baseball boycotting one Super Agents players? Because they're all on sign sitting here today. Plus, how many free agent deals are really already done at the NFL Combine? We're going to get all the scoop from Hadley in 15 minutes. Coming up next, uh-oh. Oh, no. Alex Anthopoulos got a C. He dropped. On his off-season report card. See if we can get him back. We didn't lose him. Have we got him yet? Hmm. Uh, which I'm guessing Alex doesn't mind. I'll tell you why next. Uh, we lost him again. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. It's true. Feeling the love today. Happy Valentine's Day from Chuck and Chernoff. I'm Matt. That's Chuck. We're on 2 to 6 every single day on this uh, radio station. We follow Nick and Chris, who are on 11 to 2. Hey, man. Hey, man. They follow uh, Buck Baloo's on 10 to 11, and Buck follows the locker room, 6 to 10. Lock it in. Break off the knob. Chuck and turn off, as I said, till 6 most nights tonight, 6.30. little Georgia Tech uh, hoops action tonight at Notre Dame, so we'll be with you until the Ramblin' Wreck tip-off show. Uh, this hour of the program is all presented by This Stuff Matters, helping you make the most. Out of what matters most, like and subscribe to This Stuff Matters, the podcast at thisstuffmatters.net. Hadley Englehart, our agent to the stars, will join us. Not agent. Agent. Will join us in uh, six or seven minutes. It looks like baseball is boycotting Scott Boris's clients. We have four premium players as camps open up who don't have jobs. They're all Boris clients. We'll ask Hadley about that. Uh, The NFL Combine is now two weeks away. We're not supposed to talk about free agents and trades at the Combine. That's not allowed. We'll find out how much it actually happens. Uh, Some breaking news out of Kansas City. The uh, championship parade has uh, now been evacuated after gunshot. Uh, Some gunshots erupted. We can't have nice stuff. I mean, we can't have nice stuff now. I'm watching the video chaos of people just running for higher or safer ground after the gunshots erupted. Earlier, Patrick Mahomes was on stage, players doing the normal thing. Patrick talking three-peat, normal fun stuff, and then gunshots. So we'll update you on that as we move along. The Niners have uh, found their scapegoat. They have fired Steve Wilkes, the defensive coordinator. That's the guy to blame for Wait not stopping Patrick Mahomes. They gave up 25 points it's, in five it, quarters. He's got to go. And it's the D.C.'s fault. That's how that works. Yeah. Uh, pitchers and catchers, P's and C's have reported. As the offseason is now technically over in baseball, which means – Off-season grades can roll in. I love an off-season grade. I really do. B-plus, C-minus, A-plus. All right, go to the next thing. Well, the Athletic, they are not a big fan of the Braves off-season. They have graded Alex Anthopoulos a C, which I guarantee hurts his feelings. You'll hear Alex tomorrow morning at 820 in the locker room. Here's what they wrote. Alex Anthopoulos conducted his off-season as if eluding a tail, meandering down back streets only to double back towards his ultimate destination. They talk about uh, 
maybe a top former prospect in Jared Kelnick fully realizes potential and becomes another part of Atlanta's enviable position uh, core. Maybe Chris Sale is Chris Sale, capable of being a lights-out left-handed starter again. Now they describe these as gambles, and they might be right. But let's remember how Alex Anthopoulos kind of works. Alex is a big fan when it comes to value of what he's looking for, and he can. Because when you have a core intact the way they do, Alex is looking to build on the margins. I still don't believe the Aaron Nola thing was true. I know people are still running with it that that was one of the things they were chasing. I don't buy it. I think what Alex did, the Ronaldo Lopez signing doesn't even get a mention in the athletics C grade for Alex. That's a big deal. I think it's a very big deal. If they get a starter out of it, which I'll kind of believe when I see, but if they do, that's incredible value. If they don't, you add to an animal pen with another Mm -hmm. hard thrower. But, folks, Alex never gets graded well at the time because he looks for value and not – when you go out and you sign Shohei Otani, you get an A. When you go out and sign Bryce Harper, you're going to get an A. When the Braves sign Josh Donaldson for a one-year $23 million deal, we all kind of turn our head like that puppy. You gave him $23 million for a year? Hmm, well, at the What t- do I think of that? At the time, I bet yeah. he got a C. Yeah. But by the time Josh was done, I bet he got an A+. Plus, and you know how I know that? The Twins then signed Josh Donaldson to a four-year $92 million deal. They gave Josh Donaldson an A, and Alex an A for that signing. But, see, Alex is smart. Alex is like, why do I want to give four years to Josh Donaldson when I don't know what he's going to be in two years? Because the Twins traded Donaldson two years into his four-year deal. He so gave, that's one example. Like Orlando Arcia. I have to imagine that this time last year, the three-year, $7.5 million contract probably didn't earn Alex much points. When he traded for Orlando, it didn't even respond. Started the All-Star game. There was no grade. It was just an incomplete. At the hardest position besides catching a play. When the Braves signed Travis Darnot before the 2020 season, that didn't get a good grade. When the Braves at the trade deadline brought back Adam Duvall, an injured Eddie Rosario, and under 200 hitting Jorge Soler, I guarantee did not get a good grade. And Alex is fine with that. Again, he's all about value. This past trade deadline, dig it up. You think Pierce Johnson got him a good grade? You think Nicky Lopez got Alex a good grade? Meanwhile, Pierce Johnson just got $14 million from the Braves. Nicky Lopez got almost $5 million from the White Sox. Alex is it, it's just not about splash moves. He doesn't have to. He hasn't been in Atlanta. He was that way in Toronto. I think if there is a move that makes sense and it happens to be a splash, he'll make it. And not all his moves work. He missed on Cole Hamels because Cole couldn't stay healthy. But he missed on Cole in a one year. You can live that down and move on. Alex likes the value on the margins. And the margins in this case are Jared Kelnick, who's cheap, now under control, and will play with no pressure on him. And Chris Sale, who it'd be awesome if he gave him 30 starts. Nobody's realistically expecting that. If Alex was being honest, he would say, we'd love to get 20 starts out of Chris. And we'd love him to be healthy in late September and October. That's why we brought him here. Let's see what his grades are at the end of the year on these latest moves. I I happen to believe they'll be better than C's. And and also, if you kind of mush Charlie Morton together, Alex signed him to a four-year, $75 million contract. On his his terms, though. That the Braves only had to commit to one year at a time. It was 15 and then 20-20-20. There was a time last year, probably the first month and a half of the season, I was like, eh, Charlie's done. And then it started to look washed. Uh, and then there was about six or seven or eight weeks where Charlie was a damn rock and invaluable. And suddenly that $20 million, it was at least going right. It was probably a pretty good value. But you know, there are still people, both nationally, locally, fans, media, who get mad that the Braves do not commit long-term deals to for a premium free agents. And, and they'll still think the Braves are being cheap and blah, blah. Meanwhile, they give 10-year deals to their own players. Yeah. Here's Austin Riley, 10-year deal, most of the franchise ever given out. Here's uh, Matt Olson, 8-year deal. 
Here's a Ronnie. Here's an eight-year deal. Here's seven for Ozzy. Here's you know seven for Harris. All these deals. He gives them out, but he gives them on his terms, and it still drives the payroll up. But they're deeper than any other team in baseball, and yet people are mad at that. I mean, certain Braves fans who are still doing the thing like you guys are giving him a pass for not spending more. He's, oh. a t- he's a top five or six spender. His roster is deeper than everybody else because his way is more effective, and they're all trying to copy it now. And they're, they're all trying to copy it. If you look at contract value, now see where it skews towards the Braves is the years involved, but just the contract value. You gave Sean Murphy, like, I don't know, $100 million contract. You gave no, Mayne Olsen a $150 million yeah, contract. I, think, I think uh, Murphy got like $70 million. Yeah, gave Austin Riley $200 million contract. Uh, was Ronald Acuna, what's his total value, $173 million or 83 or whatever well, I think it is? I think it's $100 million. Or, Mm, oh, that's right, hundred million. Ozzy's is thirty-five. Yeah. Um. So they've committed to a lot, a lot, a lot of money. Like, uh, Sean Murphy, six years and seventy-three million. That's a steal. Am I right? Uh, Riley's over two hundred. Uh, I have to look at the total value. I thought he, I thought he got over two hundred. I thought no. Um. He's committed hundreds of millions of dollars across all of these guys. And it's to Spencer Strider, a guy who pitched basically a year and a half in the bigs. Seven-year commitment to him, was it? Riley is wow. 10 years, $212 million. 212. So, yeah. But people are like mad that you're not doing it to premium guys on the market. Alex is like, why would For I want For six years. But why would I want to pay a 30-year-old? Oh, you know what? You could get Juan Soto like five years for 213. Would that make you feel better? Or 10 years for 213 with Austin Riley? It's weird. Like they're spending. Soto, by the way, if you really want to pay that much, wait till November. Soto's going to be available. I understand as fans, we want all-stars at every position. You know the Braves are the closest team to having that. Alex Ways works. It does. Alex Way, it, it works. It works beautifully. People got mad at him because took advantage of young players. No, he didn't. Gave Ronald $100 million yeah. before anybody else got $100 million. Ozzie's agent was not bright enough to push for a better deal. It's not Alex's fault. The rest of this, you are set at positions that everybody else in baseball are envious of. Well, he, he did get Ozzie the Dairy Queen endorsement. So That is true. What a big help. Alex's way works, and I don't know if Jared Kelnick will work. Doesn't matter. You understand if Jared Kelnick is a big flop, it won't matter. They'll still win 100 games, still go to the postseason. If it does work, well, now they become scarier. Like, if Chris Sale works, they're the favorite to win the championship. Guess what? They're already the favorite to win the championship. That's the beauty of working in the margins, and he's done that very well. Well, you had me from hello. He's an agent for the pros, and now he's on our show. Matt wanted some production, here we go. It's you, Hadley, from Hello. Puts me in a good mood every week, it really does. He is a sing su- it, Matt. I want to. I sing it in the car on the way home, Hadley. I can't. I know you do, too. He <laughs> is a super too. agent to the stars. He's our friend, Hadley Englehart, who's kind enough to join us. On the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker line. All right, I got some juicy stuff here, Had, that we need to talk about. Today, pitchers and catchers are reporting all over baseball, which means the offseason is technically over. But yet, as we sit here today, there are still some very big names that are available on the market in free agency. The reigning Cy Young winner, Blake Snell. Cody Bellinger off a huge year with the Cubs, still available. Jordan Montgomery, Matt Chapman, J.D. Martinez, Hyun Jin Ryu. Do you know what they all have in common, Hadley? They're all Scott Boris clients. Is this Scott playing hard to get or overplaying his hand? What's happening that these guys don't have deals? First of all, cha-ching. Um, I don't think, you know, first of all, each of these players represented by Scott are all different and are all different parts of their career. And so, you know, it's nothing new with a lot of Boris clients that uh, wait and try to see if something bears well as we get into spring training. 
Uh, I would say this, all these players will be on an opening day roster. Uh, Each player individually, like I know Blake Snell wants to play on the West Coast. You know, Cody Bellinger had a great year last year, but are you getting that player? Are you getting the player from the prior years? There's still issues going on with the, you know, regional network with Valley Sports and TV money and making sure teams are going to get that money. So I think there's a lot of different factors. Plus, you need to throw in that this is what Scott Boris does. Mm -hmm. And uh, more times than not, he and his clients come out ahead. And uh, I would expect nothing less than that to happen again. I think all these players will find a home. Will they be the multi-year deals they're looking for? Will it be another one- or short-term deal for these guys for a lot of money? To be determined, but in today's world, with spring training, and these are veterans, I would not worry about them being in somebody's spring training camp day one. Okay, but help me, on, help me on this, though. Place. Help me on this. So the Braves have one Scott Boris client. The Dodgers, no, I'm sorry, the Braves don't have any right now. The Dodgers have two. There was a big piece, I think, written today. Maybe it was Rosenthal or, or one of the baseball guys had it. I saw David Sampson in a video, the former Marlins president, like, we didn't want to deal with him. You know, if we had to, we had to, we didn't want to deal with him. How are professional franchises when it comes to agents like this who want to be so present, who are difficult to deal with? Will some have an edict within the organization we are not dealing with them? You know, I think there's probably something to be said for that, whether it's Scott Boris or whether it's other sports, you know, football and basketball, uh, some of the the bigger known agents. Um, But at the end of the day, you're there signing players. You're not signing agents. And at the end of the day, if it's a player you want, you work with that person's agent. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, all things being equal, you know, would they rather in some cases not work with a Scott Boris? I'm sure there are some people. But at the end of the day, you know, listen, I've had uh, uh, discussions and fallouts with uh, uh, general managers in all sports. And, you know, you say to yourself, well, I'll hopefully never work with that team again. And the next season you're back to working with that team again because you have a player that fits what they're trying to do. And at the end of the day, it's all about show me the money and making sure that your players get in the right situation to get paid. And, you know, uh, at the end of the day, that's what's priority with all these teams. I was reading the NFL expanding the international series. They got the Eagles going to Brazil next year, I think. Um, and part of what this was story was going over was the NFL. There's this thought that they still really want a team in like London or Germany or somewhere. Would they ever be able to fill out? Like, could you get 53 happy enough NFL players to go sign with a team in Germany or is it easier just to play a game over there once a year? Yeah. Well, first of all, Chuck, unfortunately they're not going to ask the players what they want. You know, these owners are going to make decisions what's beneficial to their pockets. Um, I think like you said, though, there's a lot more logistical problems when you deal with playing full time in Europe, there's travel issues, there's tax issues, there's visa issues, there's living arrangement issues, There are, you know, every week teams being in players for workouts and things like that. And it's just going to be, I think, way too difficult to do it. Uh, I think the players would tell you if they had a say-so that they would not want to have a team out there. They really don't even like going there, you know, once a year if a team is elected to go out there. But, you know, they've shortened it. It used to be a whole week-long trip and used to spend some quality time there. Now you fly out maybe a day, a day and a half early just because of the time zone, and you really have no opportunity to visit that country. So players overall would tell you they'd rather not play internationally, but if it helps the bottom line, which only affects the players, it affects the owners, uh, I think it, it'll, it'll always continue this way, and it'll grow, but I just don't see a full-time team going that far internationally. Hadley Englehart, our super agent with Chuck and Charnoff on the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker line. 
So, Hadley, we're two weeks out from the combine. And I know we're not supposed to be talking turkey about contracts when we're there. This is about looking at uh, prospects. How far along do we get in these discussions, agent to team, team to agent, about free agents, about trades? Are these just exploratory? Or have you encountered or heard whispers that maybe even some deals might be done in Indianapolis? Yeah, well, I can tell you that that the dialogue has already begun. It began at the the All-Star Games, you know, between the East-West Shrine Game, the Hula Bowl, and then the Senior Bowl. And, uh, you know, teams are definitely calling about their current players that are soon to be free agents. And other teams are already setting up meetings to uh, uh, get together and discuss potential free agents. You know, a lot of times they're very coy about it. They just say, hey, what are you doing at 12 o'clock on Friday? Come by the hotel. They don't tell you who they're talking about. But uh, once you arrive, uh, you know, that's when the conversations begin. So uh, very much so tampering is happening. It's in it's, it's in season and it's an exciting time. And uh, does the you league know, care, though? Happens. Does the league really like they say they care? Do they really care? You know, everyone's doing it. So I don't know. And it's going to be it would be very hard to prove that someone is doing it. But. Teams are doing it, and, uh, you know, it, it's just to, you know, I don't think contracts uh, per se are presented at that point. You know, you may talk parameters so they have an idea, and, and the agent has an idea of what that team uh, or how that team values a potential free agent. So you're talking in hypotheticals, but you really kind of set the tone, and then from the combine, the dialogue definitely picks up uh, up until that tampering period that is allowed. And at that point, you're already in phase two. So uh, it's that much easier to, you know, uh, embrace the teams that are interested and move on from the teams that are just, uh, you know, gathering information. So you've been around players, gotten all manner of checks. When somebody gets a 14 million, 25 million, Patrick Mahomes is signing by 58 million up front or whatever it is, whatever. What happens to that money? Because I know at my bank it says the FDIC only insures up to two hundred and fifty grand. Like when somebody gets a check for twenty two million dollars, do you immediately convert it to Apple stock that day? Like where do you park the money? Yeah, that's a great question. First of all, and, and one of the things our firm has done over the years is we do everything with our clients except handle the money. We have other professionals that uh, we let do that. But yeah, you know, pretty quickly once it clears the account it's moved into a brokerage account. So it's got more safety nets and not necessarily you're buying stock right away, but you're putting it into an account that, you know, uh, gives you security. And, you know, the one thing we always preach to our clients is especially the ones that are making, you know, many millions of dollars like a Patrick Mahomes is the objective isn't to hit a home run with your investments. It's to hit singles and doubles. You've already earned your money and to be smart about it, and, uh, you know, be with the right financial advisors, the right accountants uh, to make sure that you are preparing for life after your sport ends. Because, you know, the old adage, at least in the NFL, is that the NFL stands for not for long. And uh, it's true. You know, you can have a nice career that lasts six, seven, eight years and you're in your late 20s. And so it's important that you're always setting yourself up for the next phase of your life. Uh, and again, that's for any sport, you know, even a, a baseball player who goes in the first round and gets a eight to $10 million signing bonus out of high school, the odds of that player, not only making it to the majors, but having a next contract in the majors are very small. So you always have to prepare our clients and, and put the monies in right places to make sure they're prepared for their future, whatever that future may be. 
Hadley, there's uh, always rumors and there's always reason for rumors, right? We talk about where the leaks come from and why they come out public. Well, I told the audience yesterday, Mark Stein, NBA insider, had a report that rival teams believe the Hawks could potentially choose between DeJounte Murray, keeping him rather than Trey Young, and moving Trey this offseason. I don't know what the leak would be on that one. I know there was a rumor that the Spurs and Hawks had some dialogue, and there was even reports that it involved Trey Young. When it when it involves a star player, you know you're dealing with a big personality. And when they get wind that they might be traded or there were even discussions, like that's a dangerous game, right? Because you're trying to keep your star happy. So tell me how that plays out and how you think some of this info gets out there. Yeah, well, first of all, some of that info gets out there with whatever sport it may be is, you know, somebody makes a comment. And all of a sudden that comment becomes the gospel of that, oh, they're trading somebody. When someone just brings it up and there's no intent of trading a player. And unfortunately, all media personalities are trying to leak the next big story and take credit for it. So it's unfortunately, it's, you know, as a, an executive with a team, what I would do and I would recommend is anytime there's news out there, especially if it's untrue news, it's better to be proactive and go to that player and let them know that, hey, if you see these reports, we don't know where they got it. It isn't true, as opposed to letting it sit there and fester and letting them wonder what's going on. So it's unfortunate that people just throw out stories all the time. And there may be some truth to it. But at the end of the day, you know, when you say you're going to trade any player for that matter, whether it's Trey Young or anyone else, you know, you have to take, you know, more people to, to, to go into the dance and what's the compensation and what are you getting in return and all these different things. So, you know, instead of people getting into a panic mode, I think there's more to it. And I think that, uh, you know, the, the team has to look at, you know, the Hawks in particular are a franchise that's kind of going nowhere. And, uh, you know, I think they're going to have to make some moves to move the needle with this franchise. And if it means moving one of their star players, they may have to do it, but they will do it hopefully in a smart way where they get the proper compensation from current veterans, draft choices, et cetera, to compensate someone of, of that high level. Hadley, I'm going to be singing the song on the way home. A-plus effort again, my friend. Thank you. We'll talk to you next week. All right, guys. There he is, our agent to the stars, Hadley Anglehart. He had me from Hadley. Hello. On the uh, Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker line. All right, coming up next, the Kang tells us why we shouldn't get used to this. What is this? It's from last season with the Braves. He'll explain more next. Chuck and Chernoff on the fan. Happy Valentine's Day. Chuck, really quick, top of your head. Percentage of husbands that will score tonight, being that it's Valentine's Day. Mm, It's a Wednesday. Midweek. Kids. Work. Tired. You don't even go through it. You do this like the uh, it's Valentine's Day. We do it. So give me a percentage. 28. Wow, that's low. That is low. 28. I I'm telling like you, Wednesday midweek is not. It's This was card sharks. I would say higher. Change that card, Bob. <laughs> just, wow, that's so depressing. All right. 28. I'll report back to you tomorrow to see if. Oh, all right. Yeah. See which one of the percentage I'm in. Uh, Chuck and Chernoff are on the fan. We're on FM and 93.7. Doing it on AM at 680. And, of course, our 680 The Fan mobile app where you can listen to the morning show tomorrow morning with the locker room. Alex Anthopoulos will stop by at 820. Hey, train. That's right. Then Buckle uh, pop on at 10. Nick and Chris 11 to 2. And then us again tomorrow. Good news. After a very scary scene at the championship parade in Kansas City with the Chiefs, there were gunshots fired. Two armed people have been taken into custody.
So hopefully that ends some of the fear there. Otherwise, it was your typical fun championship parade of Mahomes, who's hammered at one point, like grinding on his wife. I mean, they were just like, at one point, they needed to be separated. Then uh, Brittany Mahomes goes running into the arms of Clyde Edwards-Alaire. He spins her around in a very familiar way that, a little much for me. Yeah, I'm back to the Braves championship parade. I can't think of anything I would have rather done less than fire a weapon at somebody that day. Mm. I was in such a great mood that entire time. Who, like, what would inspire you to start shooting off guns? You bet the Niners. In Kansas City? I don't know. I have no idea. Well, because it takes one person who's got some. My goodness gracious. Off center thinking to do something. Uh, nice things. There you go. Uh, nice things like the chili dip open. It's coming back to Bears Best Atlanta. Now it's sold out. But it's still going to be a great event that uh, you'll hear us talk about on the radio. It kicks off our golf season. It all benefits first-team Metro Atlanta building game changers by empowering teens and kids through golf and some of the great folks who bring it to us, like Bears Best, the Color Spot, Kroger, Corona Extra, and Harris Cherokee Casinos and Resorts. So uh, Chuck said we shouldn't get used to this Something we had from the Braves last season. What is it? Yeah, and all of baseball, but we got the headlines because we had Ronald Acuna. Uh, Matt, I will spin the wheel. Uh, 2022 Cincinnati Reds. I will tell you they stole 58 bases in 2022. All right. Rules changed. Uh, the pizza boxes, the only the two throws over, et cetera. 58 steals in 2022. Would you like to guess how many stolen bases the Reds had in 2023? Uh, 108. 190. Oh, I was close. So if you look across the league. Not good at these guessing games. Not quite that pronounced, but the league average, they weren't like that far off of it. League average was 83 two years ago. League average last year, 117. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about going up. I mean, damn near what 40 percent or whatever the, the percentages wind up being um and i want to say that for all the excitement of stolen bases and that's it was a lot of excitement last year excitement i've already said i don't think that it was as impactful as we wanted it to be because based on how baseball still is played it doesn't really matter if he's on second or first when the next guy hits a home run but it's fun to look at mm -hmm. And I think that the base runners had a big advantage last year. In fact, I know they did. Um, stolen bases are going to go down. Guy on first base, I know I got to work on my lead and I got to study I, all of that. I get it. You have to run fast in a straight line. That was far easier to re-pick up and then execute than holding a runner, throwing over, a catcher snap throw to first. Everything about holding a runner, picking a guy off, or throwing him out at second is way, way, way more difficult than running in a straight line. Um, and so I think to get back to an elite level, it's just going to take a little while. Do you remember we had Tom Glavin on when they took the bat out of the pitcher's hands for good? And like five minutes later, we forgot that they ever did it. Tom had four silver sluggers mm -hmm. and he said, I would have never had those. It's like, it's like anything you don't work at it. He's like pitchers in the national league, the ones that could hit, he's like, it's going to go away in a couple of years. That's what happened. I think over the last two decades when nobody ran anymore, because let's just hit a bunch of home runs. Pitchers and catchers are going to reacquaint themselves with the finer points, what they've ignored for a couple of decades. Um, and that's what we're going to see. So it was exciting last year. It was somewhat impactful, but it's going to level out some. You're not going to have somebody almost quadruple their stolen bases from season. I guess it, it depends on who you what kind of team you have. Like the Marlins were one of those last year. They didn't have a bunch of power, so they had to do stuff on the bases. On the whole, one of baseball's biggest issues, and I applaud them for at least trying things, is it's too stationary, right? You're watching a baseball game. You're a 16-year-old kid. 
And a lot of times you're watching nothing between pitches. Even after a pitch is made, the, the ball is hit to center field. There's no action. So at least the run game gave you some action in between ball hitting the bat. Like there's something good about that. And while you can't force teams to play a certain way, at least you made it easier for them with mm-hmm. the bigger bases, the less throws to first. You gave them some more motivation to do some different things. That's all I could ask. Whether or not it continues, whether it goes back to, I don't care. Baseball has to continue to do things to try to spur action, even when the ball's not hitting it the worked, bat. It didn't work, man, obviously. It's fine. Teams it were like, oh, this is it? Hell yes. And the reason, by the way, so many teams stole so many more bases is because they were running a lot more because they knew that they could make it more often given sure. the rule changes. So it really benefited the outcome of the stolen base. I'm just saying the execution of the pitcher sure. and the catcher and the first baseman, yeah. and the throw, all that stuff is going to get better. Typically that stuff will kind of level off. It always sort of does in sports that we do it. So what's the next thing baseball can do? That's what I would rather talk about. What What can baseball do where they continue to try to spur action? And you don't want to F with your game so much. What they did, which – Lot, led to a lot of disagreement was the shift. We want more balls in play to find holes, yes. so we're not going to allow you to do certain things. Well, Again, they tried to take math and geometry out of it. That's and fine. It, so, but you know. they, they need to come up with more action, and for you and me or anybody who's been a baseball fan uh, forever, uh, uh, they're, not, they're not doing this for us. They're doing it. it. Can I get the 16, the 26-year-old who's on the fence about baseball anyway to dig in because there's more action? What was the phrase? It's a... What is it? Two outcome game, strikeout or home run? Yeah, strikeout, home run, or a walk. Three and, outcome and game. Yeah. So, so they wanted more outcomes than just that. And by the way, before these rule changes, a guy on first or second, for the most part, okay, I'm on base now, and I'm at the mercy of the guys at the plate. Mm-hmm. The guy on base wasn't really part of the game, other than he would be forced to move along by the hitter. The guy on base became part of the action, and it was exciting. Uh, it's just going to kind of be refined. The next so, step is if you want more than three outcomes would be to move the fences back, and they ain't doing that. No, they're not doing that, but but here's what I mean. So if I ask Braves fans for their favorite moments in Braves history, David Justice's home run in 95, Jorge Soler's would be there. But right away they would give you the Francisco Cabrera base hit, and there was all action on that play. Mm-hmm. That whole play is ball hit into the uh, hole in, in between short and third. Runner scores at third, Bonds attacks the ball. Here comes this slow as molasses runner, and it's this action. Oh, my gosh, is he going to score? Is he going to beat the throw? Is the catcher going to blow? That's all action. More of that stuff is better for baseball. And, again, you can't force it, but you can nudge it. And by doing things like the shift, changing that, adding more element of the run game, I applaud baseball. Oh, they got to keep doing this I stuff. Say, the three batter minimum for the relievers, there is nothing in baseball with less entertainment than watching like five guys stand around a pile of dirt. Right. And so they said, all right, the mound visits, we're going to limit those it's now. Fine, and then also pitching changes. We're going to take out like 40% of those. And that's good. And that, and that stuff is smart. Yep. Common sense stuff. Takes baseball too long. Common sense. I wonder what the next thing is. Because you run out of things at some point. You can only manipulate so much till you realize either you're a fan of our game or you're not. Baseball is a wonderful background sport. Baseball is not a sport that you need to typically dig into. And there are some who do. Like I joke that there are... <laughs> There are people who live and die with every pitch in a regular season. There are those people. For everybody else, it's kind of like it's there. I pop in in the third. I come back in the fifth. I see what's going on on Twitter. I come back in the seventh. I watch the eighth and the ninth. Those are the people that you're trying to get more out of, and that's the kind of the inclination to try to do more to, to spur action for them. From the outside, I will say Gary Bettman, for all the crap he gets, at least he tries stuff. Some of it fails spectacularly. But the NHL for like 20 years, 
they faced it. They were like Norris and Wales and Campbell. Nobody understands that we're going to change those. Mm-hmm. Uh, they put one of the, the yellow puck on TV or the red puck or whatever. Yeah, tried so we, it. They tried, tried it. stuff to make mm-hmm. it more TV friendly. We're going to put our we're going to pause our season so our guys can go to the Olympics. It hadn't all worked. Mm-hmm. They're trying exactly what baseball is. We need to be more engaging and TV friendly. All right, coming up, uh, one athlete had a dessert with a little too much sugar. <laughs> okay. I need my booger sugar. Mm. <laughs> Plus, someone is back in a goat's will. Oh, a goat's will. Interesting. We'll find out what it means. Are we going to spill some tea? Oh, next. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan Wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. This is a 680 The Fan podcast. To hear more live and local sports content like this, tune into 680 AM or 93.7 FM or download the Fan app. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan Wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.